2: That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash stuff.
3: In Puerto Rico, there's adventure around every corner and natural treasures waiting to be explored. Like El Yunque, the only tropical rainforest in the U.S. Get swept away by natural beauty and come away with unique stories that could only be experienced in Puerto Rico and that remind you why you travel in the first place. Visits end, but stories last forever. You don't become a part of the island, it becomes a part of you. No passports required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.
1: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio.
3: And welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh and there's Chuck and it's just the two of us, but that's okay because we are hot dog in it. Not porky pig in it. Hot dog in it. And this episode is stuff you should know.
2: This could have been a two-parter, easy.
3: Easy peasy, yeah. We could so have done much hot we're not even getting into. And then dogs.
2: <laughs> well, no there's so much here, but at, at the end of it I was like, "Boy, we didn't talk about corn dogs."
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I got a little bit on chili dogs, but there wasn't anything in here on chili dogs. Right. Uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? John Hodgman's famous uh oh, man. lifelong battle.
3: Are we still talking about that?
2: There's a no, we're not. But that's the point is there was there's a lot more to hot dogs. The footlong, don't even mention it. We won't even talk about the footlong.
3: I think the footlong is illegal now and we're not allowed to talk about it. Come on. Sure. <laughs> Nanny State, thanks to Uncle Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about hot dogs. Yes, dude, this has been a long time coming. I'm surprised we haven't talked about it. And you're right, we're biting off a lot here, but we mm-hmm. can chew it, pass it through our uh, our guts and out of our pooper. And that's what everybody's going <laughs> to hear.
2: Do you like hot dogs? Can we go ahead? and? I got two questions. Sure. Do you like hot dogs?
3: I like a good hot dog,
2: yeah. And do you boil them or grill them?
3: Oh, I don't. I try not to grill anything. I think grilling makes everything taste worse. What? (laughs) Smoking a little bit is okay, but grilling? I'm uh, I'm not a grill person. That is very strange. Like like a hot dog that's been placed on a grill, blackened and split open, is preferable to one that retains all of its taste when it's just appropriately reheated and plumped up in, say, boiled water, even just in the microwave. (laughs) I am shocked that you don't like a char... On meats. That's no, I don't. not very you. I don't. It's too, you know why? Because I'm a bitter super taster. I can barely tolerate grapefruit. Certainly can't tolerate char on anything. Mm. Like barbecued chicken. Char. I mean, what oh, is the God. point of barbecued chicken? Because you burn that sauce onto it. It's great. No, it's awful. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. No, I don't Oh, it's I don't so like good. It. So I'm taking it. You like them grilled most of all?
2: Well, I mean, I'll I'll eat a boiled hot dog for Mm -hmm. sure. Sure. But, oh, yeah, a grilled hot dog that has got some bubbly black that's split open, Mm -hmm. the best.
3: Not for me. But you do like hot dogs. Are you above, below, or about at the national average of hot dogs consumed per year among Americans?
2: Well, that is 70 hot dogs. (laughs) And I am well... Above no, well below that. I, I probably, <laughs> yeah, I, I probably eat less than ten hot dogs a year.
3: Oh, really? I was gonna say I I've got you beat by a mile.
2: What? How many do you eat a year?
3: I would guess anywhere between forty or fifty. I
2: mean, maybe I'm trying to think because I feel like they usually come in twos, mm. like at a barbecue or something, right? A cookout. I'll have a couple of hot dogs. Mm-hmm. And it, and we're not counting. This is just hot dogs because I definitely love me some bratwurst. Sure, oh yeah, and, and stuff like that. But um, straight up hot dogs, I probably don't eat more than twelve or fifteen a year. I would say.
3: Hey, you know the key to beer brats? Everybody does it wrong. Everybody soaks the brats in beer beforehand. That does nothing to them because you need boils. No, soak. Some people soak them, pre-soak them, or even boil them, yeah. I've Unless, seen people boil them. Uh, okay, now that would work if the brats were split open. What you want to do is grill them first. And I do think a grilled brat is preferable to a microwave or boil brat. Okay. But you grill it first so that it splits open, then you soak it or simmer it in beer, and then it sucks the beer in. That's how you make a beer broth. You don't do beer first. It doesn't do anything. It's a waste of perfectly good beer. Even if it's bad beer, you're still wasting it.
2: I can't wait for the emails on this one.
3: I'm right. I don't care what anybody says. They're <laughs> wrong. I'm right. I've tried it. All right. So hot dogs,
2: 70 per year, supposedly. 20 billion hot dogs in the United States alone annually.
3: A year? Isn't that insane? No. It's insane. That's an insane (laughs) amount of hot dogs. Because think about it. If I'm eating 40, that means there's somebody out there eating their 70 plus my extra 30. Joey Chestnut will do that in three minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Every time I see that, I'm reminded of that HuffPost uh, article that Ryan Reynolds wrote about how he's disgusted by competitive eating. <laughs> Did he really? Just a great going back and reading it every year or two. It's is it really funny? it really stands up. It's funny, but it's also very. It makes some really good points too. I love Ryan Reynolds. Well, you'll like him even more after this.
2: Um, so hot dogs are sausages, but um, that doesn't mean a sausage is a hot dog. It falls under that category of sausage, mm-hmm. which is basically any product where you grind up meat. Mm-hmm. And you put a bunch of spice and stuff in it. Sure. And then you cook it in a casing, uh, usually like some sort of sheep skin, um, <laughs> as we'll see with, uh, or sheep uh, intestine, not skin. That'd be <laughs> really tough to eat through. It'd be imagine. ribbed sheep
3: skin. Do you want to cook uh, it?
2: In? The hot dogs we know and love this that you get at your regular old grocery store are not generally cooked in that sheep casing. It is a, uh, a fake casing that goes away. Mm hmm. And they are cooked, you know. That's why you can eat a hot dog right out of the old package.
3: Yes, and you should once in a while. It keeps you human and sane.
2: I like a hot dog sandwich, Uh, like a raw.
3: Okay, not raw. Put it on some bread.
2: A cold. Yeah, when I was a kid, I used to cut it lengthwise into like I guess eighths, little Mm -hmm. thin strips, Mm -hmm. and uh, throw a couple of those on a Sammy with some mayo and cheese.
3: Oh, that sounds I would try that for sure.
2: It's good, but we don't my daughter eats hot dogs occasionally and she loves them, but we don't kids will eat them every day if you if you buy them, but we just don't right. buy them and keep them
3: in the house. That's how I eat 40 or 50 hot dogs a year is buying them at the store and keeping them in the house. Oh, Cause they come in a 10 pack, right? Yeah. <laughs> so over the course of like a week or so, four or five times a year, I will eat a pack of hot dogs. That's how yes. I'm hitting 40 50. If it were just me being out, I would eat zero because I haven't left my sure. house in two years. Right. <laughs> but Chuck, we've now reached to me the fact of the podcast and I would love to take it if you would be so uh, kind. Yeah, because I have no idea what you're going to say. Are you ready for this? Yes. Baloney. You know baloney? Yeah, it's like a flat hot dog. It is. It's a giant hot dog that's cut yeah. into slices. That's baloney. Thanks a lot for taking the fact of the podcast, but... <laughs>
2: Yes, you're absolutely right. I'm sorry, you didn't right. know that? Bologna, it never occurred to you that the taste is identical?
3: No. No, I hadn't. I had really? no idea that a bologna is a giant hot dog. And now I'm just like, I want to see a whole intact <laughs> baloney before Oscar Meyer slices it up, because that must be astounding. Just go to any deli on planet Earth. That's different. That's different. That looks that looks different. That looks more <laughs> like a, a traditional sausage. I'm saying, like, I want to see the hot dog, the giant hot dog that Oscar Meyer produces, and then okay. slices up into bologna and packages the portions of it into bologna packages. That's what I want to see.
2: Well, again, they're right there in the deli case, a big, it's, giant log of bologna. It's
3: not the same. I guess I want to <laughs> see it out of the package. I don't know what I want okay. to see. But...
2: Well, it's got that red packaging around it. You just want to strip its clothes off. <laughs> That's
3: right. And, and stare at it. you throw a sheepskin <laughs> on
2: it. Boy, I'm sorry I ruined that. I thought everyone knew that bologna was a hot dog.
3: No, you're the only person besides the National (laughs) Hot Dog Council president who knows that bologna is a giant hot dog.
2: Well, don't you remember the song? My bologna has a first name. It's H-O-T-D-O-G.
3: Yes, I know that song, (laughs) but it never really sunk in the lyrics.
2: All right. The uh, USDA has a definition for a hot dog. Yeah, I love this. Uh, Should we read it, I guess?
3: Yeah, I think it's very instructive.
2: All right, frankfurters, a.k.a. hot dogs, wieners, or bologna, are cooked and or smoked sausages according to federal standards of identity. The standard also requires that they be uh, comminuted, which is reduced to tiny particles, Mm -hmm. semi-solid products made from one or more kinds of raw skeletal muscle from livestock – like beef or pork, and may contain poultry meat. Smoking and curing ingredients contribute to the flavor, color, and preservation of the product. They are link, shaped, and come in all sizes. Wait for Short, it. long, thin, and chubby.
3: <laughs> chubby. Chubby hot dog.
2: It's probably too late for a content warning to our vegetarian friends. Hopefully, they know better than to listen to one on hot dog.
3: Yeah, but technically, um, a hot dog does not have to be made of meat. It can be made of vegetable protein.
2: Well, yeah, but I mean, as far as
3: the grossness that's to come, sure, they sure. may not want to tune in. No, I was just trying to toss them a bone. Yeah, yeah, trying but to not toss a bone. The, the vegans <laughs> a bone. <laughs> so the thing that differentiates hot dogs from other types of sausages is how finely ground the internal stuff is. Yeah, it's ground so much, every bit of it—from the spices, the flavorings, the meat, everything—it's ground into such a a, a granular um, constitution. That's <laughs> no, not right, but still, uh, that you can't differentiate one thing from another. It's all just particles and that you right. kind of stick together into that casing and they form a, a mass. They go from semi-solid, maybe even almost liquid, to a a, a jiggly mass that tastes delicious.
2: That's right. Uh, the USDA says your hot dogs can contain no more than 30% fat and 10% water mm-hmm. and 3.5% non-meat uh filler, which is generally a binder, Um, like they use cereals or dry milk, uh, sometimes uh, soy protein, isolated soy protein. And this is to bind it together. And 3.5% of your hot dog can be made up of this.
3: Yeah, we'll get a little more into the the weeds and what's in your hot dogs. I say we take a break first and then jump in. Okay, let's do it.
2: Want to learn about a pterosaur and call it pterodactyl? Pterodactyl. How to take a perfect move and all about
1: fractals. Genghis Khan. Attila the
2: Hun. The The lizzie Board Murders and the Cannibal cannibal Runs. Don't explain everything to your brain. Explodes. explodes. Chuck and Josh. It's Stuff You Should Know.
3: Word up, Jerry. Hey, everybody. It's time you heard about Squarespace. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own website. Whether it's an online course or custom merch, Squarespace has you covered. You don't become a part of the island. It becomes a part of you.
2: That's right. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at DiscoverPuertoRico.com.
0: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
3: All right, our buddy the great Dave Ruse, the rooster. Yeah, the rooster. The wow, rooster. I can't believe we missed that before. Oh
2: my gosh, it's just sitting right there, clucking.
3: So, so the rooster helped us um and sorry Dave if you hate that nickname, I think that's it now. Just let us know. But he helped us with this one and he basically said, "Okay, yes, like we really should establish that there is actual meat in your hot dog and no, it's not mystery meat." Like No. It can there can be the horrific stuff that you um, you suspect is in your hot dog, like lips and noses and tails and all that stuff. Legally, it can be, but you will know if that's in there because those ingredients have to be listed individually on the packet. And then on the front, it has to say that it's a hot dog with byproducts or a hot dog with my new favorite <laughs> band name, Oh yeah, Variety Meats.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a new... Yeah, I saw that one coming. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a good fantastic. one. Yeah. Uh, what would a variety? What kind of band would that be?
3: Variety Meats? Jeez, I mm-hmm. don't know. I think they play like Calliope music, like circus music, or something insane. <laughs> I don't insane. even know what that is. Yeah. Uh, yes, and
2: and sort of the takeaway from all of this after we read you all of these ingredients and things is read the package if like if you want to know what's in your hot dog don't just be like oh i don't know what's in these things right sure you do it's printed uh yeah. right there so just
3: just read it it'll tell you if there's lips in there or organ meat even they can't put hearts or kidneys or anything in there unless they list them and the other thing that dave says is the the major hot dog brands do not use that stuff i think it's just bad yeah. for business it's not worth it
2: can we read what dave wrote yeah is this really low quality meat It's not filet mignon, if that's what you're asking, but it isn't nostrils and anuses either.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Which I think really gets it across, you know?
2: Yeah, so um, we should say that it can be, uh, you can get your pork hot dogs, your beef hot dogs, you can get chicken dogs, turkey dogs, Mm -hmm. obviously your vegan dogs that they make these days. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's there's beyond sausages. Yeah, I have not tried them yet. I haven't either. I don't know if they make a hot dog hot dog. They make a sausage. But I'm sure they will. At some point, because they're just, you know, they're covering all their bases, I think. For sure. And beyond. Um, I know, I'm sorry, that was terrible. <laughs> so beef, if you're talking about a beef hot dog, uh, what's the main meat in there is going to be what's called trimmings. And this is the meat that is not used as far as like when they're, when they're I know, it, please don't listen if you're a vegetarian. Yeah, you
3: even. want to stop listening <laughs> to the rest of this episode now.
2: When they're cutting the beef and the cow apart and making steaks and roasts and things like that, mm-hmm. they're either doing it by hand or maybe there's a machine involved. The trimmings are the things that are sort of left over. It's still meat, and it's still like fat and beef. Uh, like if you get ground beef that's not super specific, that's also trimmings.
3: Yeah, and so like with trimmings, um, it it's just. It's just the stuff that's left over. There's nothing wrong with it, and as a matter of fact, it's it's like fat and meat, but there can only be like X amount. I think thirty percent of fat that can make it into meat products. So there's it. It would be extraordinarily wasteful to just throw that away because it's not filet mignon or it's not round roast. Like that, it's stupid to just get rid of it. It's actually super disrespectful for to the animal that you just slaughtered to throw away a significant sure. portion of their edible carcass. If you're into eating their carcasses, you should probably be okay with meat trimmings being used in ground beef and hot dogs and stuff like that.
2: Right. Uh, beef cannot legally be mechanically separated anymore uh, because of mad cow disease in 2004. Mm-hmm. The USDA says you can't mechanically separate beef, but you can mechanically separate um, poultry and, and pork and and you're getting trimmings and poultry and pork as well.
3: If you want to be presented with the full horror of eating meat, watch some trade videos of mechanical separators that, like, yeah. the, the producers who make those machines have on their sites. It's just—it's insane. It's like, this is what we're eating. It's nuts. But it also is super efficient in that they take the pieces of the, the carcass that— have just little bits of, like, meat and edible, like, muscle and tendons and stuff attached to them still and put them under different states of pressure through a sieve, and that that actually forces that little bit left of meat and edible, like, muscle off of the bone. It separates them. It's mechanically separating them so that you can use that stuff and make things like hot dogs or ground pork or... Ground turkey and that kind of stuff. It's, it's again, it would be deeply wasteful to just throw that stuff away because, again, it's not a chicken breast or it's not a filet mignon. And it's actually very sensible, but it also kind of brings you full circle back to how horrific modern meat processing and agriculture really is.
2: Yeah. And those mechanical separators are based on my grandmother Bryant's mouth.
3: Oh, could she <laughs> because, do that?
2: Well, she was. She legendarily would come around and get your fried chicken bones off your plate. Mm-hmm. Be like, you're not going to eat that? Did she call you <laughs> the keyword? Like, word? And my brother and I would try, because we knew what would happen. We would try and get every bit of meat off that thing. Mm-hmm. And she would find more meat. And like when she was done with it, it looked like a cartoon bone. You that's know, like when they pull the fish out of a cat's mouth.
3: Right, like Heathcliff. Nothing,
2: <laughs> nothing left. Uh, and she lived to be 101, so.
3: Well, that's how. She yeah. ate all that cartilage. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My sweet grandmother, Bryant. Um, There are also, uh, we talked about spices earlier. There's salt, sugar, and spices in hot dogs. Mm-hmm. And everything There's a nice. lot of sodium in a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got your regular old table salt. You've got liquid salt, sodium lactate. Uh, you've got sodium uh, diacetate, prevents bacteria growth. You don't want listeria, then you're going to want that sodium la- diacetate in there.
3: Yeah, a lot of this, these types of sodium are also used for curing too.
2: Sure, and we'll, there's a whole, uh, there's a lot of laundry to unpack with the with the curing that we'll get into in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. But um, there is a lot of sodium. I think 20% of your daily sodium intake you can get from a single hot dog, Frank. Which who uh, just
3: eats one hot dog? So let's just I say know. it's 40% when you eat And I don't call them
2: Franks dogs. either, do you?
3: No. And I don't think I know anybody who does call them fracks. I've only seen it or heard it on TV before.
2: Yeah. And we'll we'll get to the naming later on as well. Um, You also can get high fructose corn syrup syrup? Mm -hmm. in your dog uh, because of, you know, some people do it, some people don't. Um, It's not a lot, but I saw how it's made. And by the way, if you really want to. Yeah, that's a good one. If you either do or don't want to eat hot dogs anymore, I don't know how you're going to come out of it, but just watch the how
3: it's made yeah. on hot dogs. The part where they're f- the finished hot dogs are shooting yeah. out of that machine like they're <laughs> being run up a salmon ladder or something? Oh, that's amazing. It's mesmerizing. But, but the goop that they put in the casing... But yeah, again, though, it's just, it's edible meat. It's I know it's just edible meat. Like, I, I, is, I know where you're coming from,
2: though. <laughs> it is. It is meat, and it is spices. It is garlic and pepper and coriander and maybe mm-hmm. paprika. Yeah. Um, maybe some, uh, and we'll get into the celery salt thing or celery powder thing. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's water. Um, It is all these things, but when it's pumped, it, made into a slurry and pumped out of a tube, <laughs> it definitely looks like... Like, pretty gross. It's kind of gray. Yeah. And it's just, just watch the video.
3: Yeah, hot dogs. It's, it's well worth it. Hot dogs, bologna, all that stuff would be a flat gray if it weren't for some of the curing agents that they put in there. And apparently they also use cherry powder sometimes, too, for its coloring to color them a pink.
2: Okay. You might also fi- uh, find some MSG. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might find some yeast extract. You might find some beef stock. Smoke flavoring.
3: Yeah, that liquid smoke. Do you know what that is? That's actual liquid smoke, where they condense smoke from hardwoods and yeah. turn it into water vapor and collect that water vapor. That's what liquid smoke is. Isn't that nuts? Uh, yeah,
2: I used to be a fan of that. I would keep some in the house, mm-hmm. but I don't do not do that anymore.
3: I mean, I thought it was like all science, like just completely like just isolated fake. flavors and all that. And it's actually, no, it's, it's it is what it says on the tin. So should we get into...
2: Sodium nitrite in the nitrites.
3: Yeah, I think that sounds this like a, is band. a good spot.
2: For <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: featuring variety meats.
2: Because uh, you're going to find some sodium nitrite in some hot dogs. You might also find hot dogs that are like, we don't uh, use nitrites, no nitrites. Um, we use celery powder. Mm hmm. Uh, Or maybe cultured celery juice instead. Mm -hmm. And people might think, oh, well, that's got to be way better for you because I've heard nitrites, if you cook them at high heat, can give you cancer.
3: Yeah. So, like, the whole thing is is that under certain conditions, nitrites can turn into uh, nitrosamines. Nitrosamines. And those, starting back in the 70s, were linked to, I think, bowel cancer and possibly stomach cancer. And so, everybody started getting really worried about nitrites. And people stopped using nitrites. Well, they still use them. Like in any of the classic hot dogs that you see for sale, they use regular old nitrites. But (laughs) celery powder was was offered up as, like, an alternative, a natural alternative to nitrites, and that it did all of the same things, um, but it was a natural alternative because it's celery. And the problem is, is, like, to your body, a nitrite from celery and a nitrite that was isolated in a lab is the same exact thing, and it's right. going to have the same exact effects on you, and if those effects are to give you colon cancer, you're going to get it whether it's from celery powder or whether it's from... The nitrites that were isolated in the lab.
2: Yeah, and this is, I mean, boy, if you start looking up articles on celery powder and nitrites and mm-hmm. cancer, mm-hmm. it's a rabbit hole. Like, there's a lot of information yeah. out there. Um, at one point, just a couple of years ago, the National Organic Standards Board it was up for a vote whether or not to keep celery powder on the list of acceptable organic ingredients, mm-hmm. um, largely because of this uh, not just because of hot dogs, but uh, you know they use um, bacon and like in any kind of cured meat, you might mm-hmm. find a nitrite mm-hmm. or a celery powder. And they said they voted eleven to one, I think, or maybe it was ten to one, but it was it was super lopsided to keep celery powder on the list.
3: It's so of weird. Acceptable too. organics. There's this really great article uh, by Jesse Hirsch on the site called TheCounter.org, worth checking out about that. Um, but it, was, it doesn't make sense that they would keep it on there like unmolested because it's just so misleading. Because if you use celery powder, you can say that your hot dogs are uncured even though they would ostensibly have the same impact on your body as cured hot dogs. And then even worse, because it's natural, celery powder can be used in organic products. And still be listed as organic. But the celery used doesn't have to be organic. That's nuts to me. Yeah. And um, celery, it turns out, Jesse Hirsch pointed out in that article, that celery is particularly adept of all the vegetables at really soaking in pesticides and herbicides um, into its little body. And passing it along, well, ostensibly passing it along. So, it, it is really weird that they just kind of went whole hog, or continued to go whole hog on, on celery being some mm-hmm. sort of natural ingredient, even though it's, it does the exact same thing to your body that a lab isolated nitrite would.
2: Yeah, it is weird. You know, at one point we should do an episode on organic standards. Mm-hmm. I think we have,
3: is, but we could revisit it for sure. Did we? I'm I'm pretty sure we've talked about organics versus local, um, yeah we we we've talked about it, but let's do it again.
2: Well, I know there's stuff we didn't cover because uh, Emily always has a problem with it and her with her business selling natural body products because people will say like this is organic soap and stuff like that. Like people throw the word organic on something mm-hmm. when it doesn't even apply sometimes, just because mm-hmm. it's a people will buy something if it says organic on it. Or if it's not even certified organic, uh, you can get away with it, you know, on, on a smaller level, sure. like a small business. Yeah. Um, and then there was something else too. Maybe we could roll in like all the food sort of labeling, like free range chickens. I remember when I worked for that chicken company, and I know I mentioned this years ago, but they, uh, I was at a free range farm and I was like, I thought these were free range. Like they're all in there. And he was like, free range just means the gate is open, basically.
3: Yeah, I remember you saying that before. That's crazy.
2: They can leave, but they don't because this is where the food is. Right. So you want to imagine chickens just roaming around the countryside. Great. That's just not the case.
3: I want my chickens forced out of there and made to walk around in the field for a while.
2: I'm sure there are some local. Oh, yeah. uh, And and we try to go to farmer's markets and get local um, meat. Mm Mm-hmm. That is like a genuine farm with chickens that are walking around and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. uh, anything you're you're getting like in a package at the grocery store is, you're probably being misled in some way.
3: We'll have to take on meat processing or like that whole thing. I know. Eventually. I've been
2: avoiding it. Yeah.
3: Well, we're going to run out of topics one day and that's going to be left uh should we talk about how these things are made before we take our break yes and then also just want to re-shout out the how it's made video on it it's great five minutes
2: it is time well spent
3: <clears throat>
2: so it's, and again you'll either say i'm never eating a hot dog again or like right. who cares i love it Yep. <laughs> give um, me a slurry tube
3: i feel like i'm in the middle i'm definitely not it didn't make me want to not eat a hot dog but i wasn't like i gotta have a hot dog you right know? yeah sure so, the whole thing starts with grinding the meat. If it was mechanically separated, it's already some sort of paste or goo or batter. Um, but if it's not, if it's, you know, trimmed beef or even trimmed pork, then it has to be ground into a slurry. Because remember, the thing that differentiates hot dogs from sausages or other types of sausages is that it's ground up so finely that you can't differentiate one bit from another.
2: That's right. So, you've ground the stuff up. Mm-hmm. Then you got to mix in all those ingredients, and it goes into this huge industrial mixer. Mm-hmm. I love watching this stuff. Any industrial processes are fascinating to me, even and when it's people.
3: goo meat goo. Yeah, because
2: okay. it's worth it when you get to that that hot dog shoot.
3: <laughs> okay, totally.
2: It's all, it, there's a big payoff. Yeah. Uh, so that you know, it's mixed together in these huge vats, and this is where your spices. They're dumping in these huge bags of salt and. Yeah paprika and garlic powder and apparently like some mustard powder depends on where you are according to how it's made like different regions have different flavors they like yeah which makes me want to kind of do a cross-country hot dog, hot dog regional to tasting tour yeah <laughs> well if we ever get back out on the road again maybe we should make a
3: point to eat That's a hot a dog in every city yeah it's a good idea well, actually, i actually don't know if it's a good idea or not but it is a fine idea <laughs> okay <laughs> uh so this is mixing all that
2: stuff together Uh, Dave has it in here that ice is added because the blades generate heat. Mm -hmm. Um, The video from how it's made, it looked like it was just cold water. That would work too. But I imagine uh, the water also mixes in those spices and keeps everything nice and juicy.
3: Right. So, uh, And that was a lot of water, wasn't it? It seemed like a lot of water. I saw the reason that um, ballpark franks plump when you cook them is because they add even more water. And so that leftover water that they leave in that slurry, the hot dog slurry that gets kind of cooked in, when you heat it up, it turns into steam or water vapor, which expands in volume, which makes the volume of the hot dog itself expand, too. Amazing. I don't know about that. What's up next, Chuck? Stuffing the casings, maybe?
2: Yep. You got to get that emulsion. And this is where the you get not the hot beef injection. You get the <laughs> cold beef injection. Yep. Uh, and this is probably uh, cellulose casing, and then it's you know it's tied off. It looks like a regular sausage. It's been it's in a big long link, long like a it's mile all tied long. together with that casing, and they're twisted up every what did it say? Like five and a quarter inches is uh-huh. I think standard. Um, it's not although foot I prefer long. the bun length.
3: Sure, I do too. What but do you, but you know that they make them thinner. It's not the chubby version. It's the thin version.
2: Yeah, I just I just like it. To match the length of the bun, I I don't see why you want to start off with just bread.
3: I I know, because I I, I like bread, and I even tend to pinch the um, undogged parts of the bun off. And you pinch it? Yeah, pinch it and leave it. And if I'm really hard up, I might dip it in some leftover ketchup and eat it afterward.
2: My friend James from New Jersey would not eat the corners of his omelet.
3: Isn't that weird? Yes. That's... (laughs) He might be the only person who, who ever felt that way.
2: He would cut one off and cut the other one off and uh, eat the rest.
3: Huh. Yeah, never heard that one before.
2: Never heard that. Um, all right, so you got it stuffed. Um, then you smoke it. And, you know, what they're probably doing is adding some of that liquid smoke. Mm-hmm. But you're also going to get some smoke as you're cooking it.
3: And they're curing it, too. They're bathing it in basically uh, like what amounts to a, a different type of brine. That's, that will cure it. And, th- you know, the difference between curing and cooking is they're both transforming meat into something that can be preserved or is preserved. It's just cooking uses temperature and, and curing uses chemicals, but they both arrive at virtually the same thing. That's right. So and they, then you're almost done, right? You are. Then the fun stuff comes because most hot dogs, I think you said way earlier, they don't they don't sell them in casings any longer they they prepare them and cook them in casings but then they take the casings off so there's like a a machine that kind of cuts them and then another part of the machine that steams them off and then they come shooting out of that that last machine (laughs) into into like these giant like trolleys like a huge laundry trolley basically it's amazing to watch. It really is. And if you're just grossed out, just fast forward to like the last probably forty, forty seconds of that clip.
2: You'll see. Yeah. It. And
3: pretend they're circus peanuts. <laughs> there you go. Which is way grosser than <laughs> than meat goo.
2: Man, I haven't had a circus peanut in probably forty five years and I still remember exactly the texture and taste. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It hasn't changed, I'm sure.
2: All right. So that's it. They get uh vacuum sealed and packaged. Mm-hmm. And you got a hot dog on your hands.
3: You do, and then you put it in your mouth, and you say, by God, that's some delicious colon cancer. Should we take a break? I think we should, and then we're going to talk about some of the history and where this name came from, because it's kind of weird if you stop and think about it.
2: Want to learn about a pterosaur and call it pterodactyl. pterodactyl? How to take a perfect boob with all about fractals. Genghis Khan, of the Hun, the Lizzie, the Lizzie Border Murders and the Cannibal, and cannibal Runs. Don't explain so everything just to your brain sh- explodes. this it Chuck and John. Yeah, stuff you I should know. know you should. Word up, Jerry. Jerry.
3: You don't become a part of the island. It becomes a part of you.
2: That's right. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at
0: discoverpuertorico.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
2: all right so we did a little bit of a flip-flop we usually will do this history stuff
3: first Mm -hmm. but we did it different today i think it's nice it feels like a new jacket that makes you feel cool you know what i'm saying yeah like a magician's jacket (laughs) that's right
2: (laughs) So uh, you've heard them called Frankfurters, which we mentioned briefly. And, of course, Wiener. We haven't said that word yet. Um, They both come from Germany, which is where the sausage comes from. Um, Frankfurt, Germany. They say, hey, way back in 1487, we invented this thing, the Frankfurter sausage. And so call it a Frankfurter. Vienna says, no, no, no. Those American hot dogs you're eating, they came from us. Mm -hmm. And Vienna is Wien. Uh in Europe, and Wieners or Wieners is where that comes from.
3: Right. I had no idea, did you? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, you just know everything about hot dogs and bologna and all that I've stuff. traveled in Germany, and <laughs> and I have taste buds. So. Wieners. <laughs> I, I knew bologna was a hot dog. I'm going to start calling them that, Wieners and Frankfurters. A Wiener? <laughs> right. And so, a Frankfurter. I love how Dave abandons that. He's like, but that, that matters not. What really matters is that these things eventually made their way to New York, and that's where the whole thing really took off in earnest. Because, yeah, sure. Frankfurt has been making hot dogs potentially since 1487. Vienna's been making something similar since who knows when. And that's great, but they never took off. Like, you would not call a, 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 hot, a Wiener or a Frankfurter like the national dish of germany or austria like you would call it the national dish of america which suddenly sounds really sad now that i'm saying it out loud
2: yeah like you wouldn't walk like take your first visit to new york and go up to a cart and say could i have one of your fine german style wieners <laughs> right. they said what are you talking about <laughs> yeah and then they you punch you on dog? the arm.
3: yeah No, you wouldn't say that. Instead, you'd say hot dog, as you just said.
2: Uh, But they did come from German pushcart vendors uh, in the 1860s in the Bowery. This sounds delicious. It says in the Bowery they were served on milk rolls Mm -hmm. with mustard and sauerkraut, even though I don't like mustard or sauerkraut. That still sounds good to me.
3: Oh, really? I know you don't like mustard, sauerkraut, too, huh? Although, yeah, you don't like any
2: vinegar-based anything, do you?
3: Not a lot of vinegar-based things. Okay, fair enough. You know what I like about sauerkraut? It's too sour. It is very sour. It really lives up to its name. That's right. So um, that's where the whole thing started. I think by the 1860s, there were push carts in New York. They eventually made their way to Coney Island. Um, There was a guy named Charles Feltman, who was the first Coney Island hot dog king in 1871. Um, And then famous Nathan's, or Nathan's famous, sorry, I got it backwards, was established by a guy named Nathan Handwerker, I think I said it right, um, in Coney Island, which Coney Island became kind of like the the capital of hot doggery in America, especially at the turn of the last century.
2: Yeah, so here's where it gets a little weird, because when you think of a Coney, you think of a chili dog. Yeah. Um, but I did a little bit of digging, because mm-hmm. to me, you want to make a hot dog great, put some chili and cheese on it.
3: Yes, just basically just go to the varsity. That's how you make a hot dog great.
2: Like I love a chili dog. I love, love a chili dog. A
3: chili cheese dog, no less. With chili Chili cheese cheese Fritos on top.
2: Uh, uh, Some Fritos happen to fall in there. I'm fine with it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Out of your beard, under the hot dog. I don't
2: don't seek it out. Um, So Chili appeared in San Antonio in the 1870s. And Coney Islands were... The names of restaurants, okay, not a specific chain or whatever, but like these Greek immigrants in like the Midwest and specifically Michigan mm-hmm. would open up what they called Coney Islands. And there were these restaurants where they were Greek diners, but they also sold these uh, chili dogs. It was like a, a chili sauce, no beans, supposedly, mm-hmm. although I'm not, I love beans in my chili, so I don't care about that. But it's just, they, it's a
3: little much with the bun, frankly.
2: Oh, the beans? Mm-hmm. Okay, and the chili?
3: Yeah, well, no, just the beans and the bun. It's just too much. It's much better with just just meat based chili, no beans, for me. Okay, in, in my opinion. But I'm sure, not sure. gonna I'm not gonna yuck anybody's hot dog yums.
2: Do you like a Cincinnati chili?
3: <sighs> Doesn't they have cinnamon in it. Yeah, the, yes. we kind of
2: do our sort of like that. Like yes. uh, sometimes some chocolate, some yes. cinnamon. Yes, it's good I stuff. Like Skyline chili.
3: Yeah, I don't know that I've ever had Skyline crazy enough, but uh, really? yes, yeah, cinnamon and chili is good.
2: I think in Toledo, you would have had some Skyline
3: Chili. There was even a Skyline Chili restaurant, and I didn't eat it. I don't know yeah. why.
2: I love it. It's good stuff. Uh, but the, all of this to say is that even though uh, Nathan's in Coney Island is known for chili dogs, mm-hmm. um, Michigan and Detroit is very, uh, not abrasive, but defensive about the fact that they say, we started the chili dog. yeah. And, like, it's verified it came from Michigan.
3: Yeah, which is a bit of a, a brain buster, but the Coney Dog is a Michigan creation. Simple as that.
2: That's right. What about
3: baseball games? Uh, apparently, there was a guy in St. Louis who bought the St. Louis Browns baseball team in the 1890s and also started selling hot dogs there, and they it was just a match made in heaven from that, that time on.
2: All right, so all of this is great. We're having a good time. Mm-hmm. We know about Frankfurters and Wieners, but why are they called hot
3: dogs, Josh? Oh, well, allow me to explain, Chuck, because I just so happen to know this. So there's this idea that the German immigrants who brought hot dogs over with them and started selling them and became kind of celebrated in places like New York um, also brought over dachshund dogs with them. And supposedly... Anybody who knows anything about hot dog history knows that the association between dachshunds and hot dogs were made right off of the bat. Okay? That's kind okay. of phase 1 of this legend, but that seems to be totally accurate. So, right. It's possible uh, that they called them hot dachshunds for a time. Yeah, weird name. It is, but I mean, you can understand where like a dachshund looks like a little sausage with legs and long ears.
2: Well, and there's also, well, we'll get to that. Um, There was also a cartoonist uh, going in a different direction from the New York Journal.
3: Well, this is step two.
2: Yeah, this is part two. Yeah. Uh, His name was Tad Dorgan. Great name. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he says, and this story is, by all accounts, not true. But he says, in 1900, I was at a baseball game at the old polo grounds in New York City, and... Uh, there was a vendor saying, get your dachshund sausages while they're red hot. Oh, good. And he said he got an, a mental image of an actual dachshund dog in a bun. Mm-hmm. And he thought, well, that's cute. And so he made a cartoon of it and drew that and called it Hot Dogs because he supposedly didn't know how to spell dachshund. Mm-hmm. And that is the apocryphal story that a lot of people – you will see online, have printed this stuff. But by all accounts, that is I'm not wrong. true at all. Yeah, Because in the 1800s, 20 years before that, at Yale University, these students, little John Hodgmans, mm-hmm. were calling them, uh, these push carts, dog wagons. Uh, one was called the kennel club and they and it was even in print the word hot dog was found in 1895 in the Yale record
3: a good 5 years before tad dorgan's story takes place right so yeah, yeah tad dorgan. dorgan big fat liar yale students apparently the ones who coined the term hot dog and there's this idea that they were it was a play on the hot dogs and probably but there also seems to be some evidence that it was a um kind of a sly nod to the idea that there was potentially dog meat in these sausages because they were made by immigrants, after all. And this was Yale, so there was a certain amount of xenophobia, even though they were enjoying these delicious hot dogs. And so the Yale student said, we're going to call these hot dogs because, who knows, maybe there's dog meat in them. Right. That is part three or I four? I guess so. I would say two B. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then, you
2: know, of course, people are like, well, did they really eat dog in Germany? And... Apparently, uh, in the, at times in Germany when things would get really bad, uh, there are verified reports that they would eat dog meat. Uh, and and a, a very bad slang term for uh, German immigrants sometimes were dog eaters back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that probably did contribute to the name somewhat. But uh, there, there is nothing on record or any truth whatsoever um, to do- hot dogs actually being made from dog.
3: No, there was never, there was never like a trend or anything like that. It just seems to have been an unhappy coincidence between Germany going through some hard times around the time that hot dogs were introduced to the larger public in America by Germany. And German the immigrants.
2: looking like a hot dog.
3: Yes. So all those things kind of came together to form in Yale students' heads the idea of hot dogs. No Ted Dorgan, Yale students. Yeah. And apparently
2: early on, hot dogs were, uh, like people love them, but like you said, there was xenophobia. So there was also the notion that what is in this from the beginning? What kind of mystery meat could be in there? Mm-hmm. Is it, are they dirty? Should we eat these? Upton Sinclair certainly didn't help later on right. uh, with his book, The Jungle. Um, but apparently, that's why Nathan Hantvorke of uh, Nathan's Famous early on would um, have signs that say, like, no horse meat. Yeah, that was another accusation. (laughs) He made his employees wear white smocks early on. That was their early uh, uniform was because it made him look, he thought, like more clean or more like a doctor even.
3: Right, and he also uh, billed his hot dogs as kosher style, which was not the same as kosher uh, it was just kind of a playoff on this idea that kosher meat was much cleaner because it was um, slaughtered and uh, raised and slaughtered and, and packaged under the uh, the eagle eye of a kosher inspector. And so, therefore, it had far less adulterants or contaminants in it. And so, he kind of billed his hot dogs as kosher style to kind of also further that idea that he, he had very clean meat. Clean hot right. dogs, yeah.
2: So, but you can't get kosher
3: style. You can. Yeah, we knew I feel like if we haven't done a whole episode on kosher I'm surprised, but we should definitely do one on that. But uh yeah, there are much stricter guidelines associated with it. And you're never going to find pork in a kosher hot dog. Um it's either going to be beef or it could be poultry, but never pork because that ain't kosher. Um but yeah, it's a it's it's separate. Like Hebrew National has very famously kosher hot dogs and people feel like they just kind of taste differently, but I think that's just because they're different brands, you know.
2: Yeah, when you say something like "let's we should do something on kosher one day," that immediately all I can think of is like, "Sure, I'd love to get a bunch of stuff wrong." <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> that just seems like one of those that we would mess up in some way.
3: Man, do you remember our episode on the Pope? I don't think we've ever gotten more pushback uh, for an episode than that one. I, I wiped that one from my memory bank. It was that probably soccer, the best. yeah, it was it was worse than soccer. I
2: think. <laughs> um, I guess we should talk about a few of the famous kinds of hot dogs. You got your Chicago dog. Got the poppy seed roll, got yellow mustard, relish, chopped onion pickles, mm-hmm. tomato slices, little celery salt. Got that Michigan coney. Yeah. Uh the the Mexican dog that you can get in Los Angeles is wrapped in bacon. Yeah, the Sonoran dog. Which they might deep fry.
3: Yes. It's it looks lovely on a in a picture. Um but yeah, it's I mean it's a lot. They put crema on it. Um yeah. it does look pretty good. There, Love that crema. There's one um I didn't realize this, but Atlanta does kind of have its own version of a hot dog. Did you know that? I saw this from Dave. Is that a thing? It is. Now that I think about it, I had I never realized that it was an Atlanta thing, but it's, it's a southern thing, an Atlanta thing, to put coleslaw, usually kind of sweet, very mayo-heavy or mayo-forward uh, coleslaw on a dog. Yeah. I love a slaw dog. That is delicious. But apparently, I suspect it may have come from— the scrambled dog I found this on Mental Floss Um, there's something called the scrambled dog from Inglewood Pharmacy in Columbus Georgia and it's all kinds of messed up it's cut up into pieces bathed in a bowl of chili with pickles on top oyster crackers cheese and then coleslaw so I suspect somebody from Atlanta went down to Columbus Mm. and said this would be great if it was just coleslaw and the hot dog and then that's where the Atlanta version of the hot dog came from wait what else was on there Chili pickles, you know, oyster crackers, cheese, and then coleslaw. Some people even put ketchup on it, which I just can't even begin to imagine that
2: yeah that's that's almost a chuck special, but I just don't dig the pickles, but a perfect hot dog to me is the bun, mm-hmm. the dog, mayonnaise baby, and then put on the chili and then coleslaw and then cheese, and then coleslaw on top of that mm-hmm. And I can just have one of those because that's a lot of stuff.
3: Yeah, that's that's quite a bit. But I now want to make a pilgrimage to Englewood Pharmacy and try their scrambled <laughs> dog.
2: Uh, so recently, uh, a few weeks ago in real time, an article came out on the Newswire from a study at the University of Michigan that says a hot dog will shorten your life by 36 minutes.
3: One Made single a- hot dog?
2: Yeah, it made, it was big, big news because yeah. everyone was like,
3: what, 36
2: minutes? They did a big study on all kinds of foods and like quantified literally how many minutes they will add or subtract from your life. And they came up with 27 minutes just for just a naked hot dog, but 36 minutes, I think, with, you know, a hot dog with some trimmings on a bun. And, uh, you know, that was the study. It was out of Michigan. They know they're hot dogs. I I did some math and like, it's it. It's not a big deal. Like if you're eating twenty hot dogs a year, yeah, it still sounds like a big deal. It's not because if you do the math, like twenty times, th- it's like you're talking like eight or ten hours, um, a year. Mm-hmm. And if that's like ten years, you're talking eighty to a hundred hours.
3: Okay, so of your I just life. did a little bit of math, and if I eat forty hot dogs a year, that's a day I shave off of my life—twenty-four hours every year. So I think right, we're going to so scale back the hot th- dog take in.
2: But let's say you do that for over a 30-year period. You're talking about like a month of your life. Wouldn't you rather eat hot dogs – And kick off a month sooner?
3: No, because when I eat those hot dogs, I always feel guilty. They're usually cold out of the package. I'm just chomping them down to, like, eat something. No. From now on, (laughs) I vow before you and every Stuff You Should Know listener that if I eat a hot dog, it's going to be a damn good hot dog. Like a scrambled dog or a slaw (laughs) dog or something that's worth losing 36 minutes of my life over. Thank you, University (laughs) of Michigan.
2: Now I'm just picturing you like in the dark and in the middle of the night, like uh, just cramming a raw hot dog in your mm-hmm. mouth.
3: You forgot naked except for my whitey tighties.
2: <laughs> um, but is our hot dogs bad for you? Uh, obviously, a lot of sodium. Um, th- I mean, it's like any kind of processed meat. It's not great for you, but in moderation, you're, you're okay.
3: Yes, unless you're a vegetarian or a vegan, and you now yeah. have no hair attached to your head because you pulled it all out listening to this episode. <laughs> Correct. You got anything else about hot dogs? Oh boy, nothing else. But I really, I think I actually do have some hot dogs upstairs. Uh, well, <laughs> well uh, go shave thirty six minutes off your life and see if you enjoyed it. You know, I get those organic turkey dogs though for my kid. Yeah, they're not and really they're still organic. Good. I'll bet they say uncured and organic, and they're not. I'll bet—look, like it says celery powder on there, and that's what—it's It's just a scam, Chuck. You're being scammed. I know. Um, how do they taste, though? Are they good? Well, they're they're great. I don't mind a turkey dog. I think they taste good. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I usually eat, too, or turkey yeah. dogs, for sure. No, I meant or the, the, the organic part or it being uncured. That's what I yeah, meant yeah, as a yeah, scam. Okay. No, I think all beef for the worst of all. <laughs> I do. Y- Okay. I think they taste weird. I don't think a hot dog should be made of all beef. I think it either has to be a turkey dog or it should have pork in it. Okay. But I don't eat pork, so I just eat the turkey dogs.
2: Hey, I I, I respect your point of view.
3: Okay. Uh, Well, since Chuck said he respects my point of view, that is going to roll us nicely into Listener Mail.
2: Uh, I'm going to read parts of two mails, Listener Mails. This is from... Both Liz McKellar and Jason Marcella, after our Statue of Liberty episode, we were talking about going up there to that, uh, the crown. Mm -hmm. And they were both like, if you want to have an experience straight from hell, do so. (laughs) Okay. Does not sound like any kind of fun at all. Um, I'll read some of Jason's here. Uh, He said, I was one of the quote, lucky ones who did that death march back in the late 80s when my family toured New York City. It was so horrible, I still remember it so vividly. You wait in line for the ferry from Manhattan, then to get to the island, you got to wait in line to get into the base. Eventually, you're waiting in all these lines. Mm-hmm. You get to the elevator and make it to the top of the base. This is where the smart people stopped their tour. The rest of us cattle started the miserable climb up a narrow spiral staircase that rises through Liberty's body. Uh, her body is essentially hollow, and it looks cool for the first two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, The stairs are steep, single file. You can't see where they end. And there are mere inches between you and the people in front and back of you. There's no air conditioning. So you are essentially inside a giant Easy Bake Oven for an hour or so. (laughs) Great. The payoff for all that climbing, you walk across inside her crown and see that the windows are smaller than a sheet of paper. (laughs) And you don't even have time to look through them because the crush of people behind you is constantly in motion, and soon you are going back down the stairs. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, That is from Jason. Liz also says this. um, The show complimented the Stuff You Missed in History Class episode on Emma Lazarus. Mm -hmm. So go listen to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Liz says she's been to the Statue of Liberty twice, and the second time uh, they got tickets to go in the crown and said this. I do not recommend doing this in winter because you need a heavy coat out on the walking area. uh, But it still ends up being hot, so you've got that
3: coat. Oh, you get to carry it around?
2: Well, I guess so, but then you've got this huge coat. It's like that New York City problem, like everywhere you go in the winter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once you get in the Crown, it is tiny and hot, even in the winter. Very little room, and there's a park ranger there keeping everybody moving. They do keep some of those little windows open at all times for air circulation and have a stand-up fan, but it did no good. Uh, and Liz actually said I didn't have, you know, you can't stop. So she said I managed to get some decent photos by sheer luck because I was just kind of clicking and walking. But the pictures actually turned out really great. There were some really cool, artistic photos, like looking up through the body and in the crown itself. And uh, that's just pointing out that to say that sometimes, just dashing off quick photos, you can get some really great images if you're not overthinking it. So that
3: was the point of these two listener
2: mails. That was the point of the end of that second part of the one listener mail. Gotcha. <laughs> and that's it. I'm just encouraging amateur photography, basically. Just I see. Go out there and snap stuff. Don't overthink it.
3: I got you. And uh, so Liz and Jason both say, don't do it. Okay. That's great. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Jason, for setting everybody straight. I may have ended up trying it one day, and I'm glad that I never will now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us like Liz or Jason did, you can. You can send us an email, and we will be eternally grateful. Send it to StuffPodcasts at iHeartRadio.com.
1: Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.